Hello and welcome back to Nine Lives, season two, episode one. Oh my gosh. It feels so good to be back. I have had so many thoughts percolating in my brain um, over the festive season and I've realized that I actually require a, a weekly podcast to be able to get them out. So I'm really happy to be back. Um, I wanted to start this episode by saying thank you for all of the support for last season. I mean, the podcast, it changed my life in a lot of ways, but more than anything, it just allowed me to find my voice and it's been the most beautiful journey ever. Um, I know it may not seem like it, but the prospect of this podcast was terrifying for me. So it's been a process of building a lot of confidence and finding finding myself through this. And yeah, so thank you so much for listening. I remember when I when I was at school, especially when I had just moved first to London from Scotland, I was a very passionate young woman and I was very expressive because I've always been highly emotional and I've always felt things a lot and I've always been yeah I've always experienced expressed passion and love for things in really big ways and I remember as a child being bullied for that quite a lot and having my light sort of dampened out by people so for my voice to be heard and for it to be encouraged and not laughed at is really lovely um, and I think it's a very healing experience for me um, I can't believe the wave of change this has created for so many people. I had hoped to do 10 episodes that maybe a couple hundred of people would listen to, um, but for hundreds of thousands to hear and resonate with my thoughts and millions more watching the clips, it's mind blowing. So from the 13 year old Cassia, who was being laughed at for feeling so deeply and showing it, and also for the 25-year-old Cassia who was being trampled on by someone she trusted and whose voice wasn't listened to after that, thank you. With every episode, I have found my confidence and a little bit more my place in this world. And I'm here to tell you that your voice matters and your experience matters. I tell my stories so that you can find the courage to open up about your own. There is something so wonderful about the collective honest shouts of I am struggling, I am imperfect and I'm going to feel it all that is so cathartic. This podcast, I hope, will continue to bring you comfort and solidarity every single week. So once more, welcome back to Nine Lives Season 2 and thank you for listening. So... I've been thinking a lot about this podcast and where I want to take it and what it means. And now that I've had some breathing space from it, I kind of think that a lot of you listening perhaps find fitness content rather boring. And maybe that's why you're here for a different take on it all. I too find fitness content a bit of a bore. But the metaphor of fitness, now that is something I can sink my teeth into. The idea that you can apply pressure to oneself until you break or recreate entirely is fascinating to me. I see it as alchemy and rituals, which I spoke about over the Christmas break, rituals over routine. It's very interesting to me. 
Of course, I can't be poetic all the time about the beauty of running and the adventure of strength. There are tools to be passed over and lessons to be given, which I will do. But for the daydreamers and soul searchers of this space, I welcome you. It's okay to dream and feel strange and run to the beat of your own drum. Today, I'm going to talk about building willpower, which is something that I think suits us all in January. I think it's a topic that I'm very, very passionate about and I have learned so much on my own journey, but also through being a coach and helping others on their own journey of self-discovery and willpower. Um, Willpower seems to be this sort of like elusive golden nugget that everybody wants, but everyone finds it hard to capture. And we believe that other people have it, but we don't. And I'm here to tell you that everybody has it in them, within them, uh, to have that willpower and find that strength. So I'm going to tell you the story of the first time I went for a walk, um, because I thought I'd throw it all the way back to way before any of this, before the business, before the podcast, before social media, before ultra marathons, before any of it. Um, The first thing was a walk and of course there were many other things that went into it and many other steps but the first action was opening the door and going for a walk um I remember living my life through a cloud of sort of embarrassment and shame of being outside um I had a lot of issues from hair loss to living in obesity and living with bad you know self-care practices that meant going outside wasn't something I really looked forward to. Uh, Certainly exercising was never something that crossed my mind, nor was it something I ever thought that I would engage in. But I knew if I wanted to get better, I was going to have to do something. And I'd been in therapy for a little while and I had figured (laughs) that maybe I should try going outside um, and going for a walk because you hear all these fitness people talk about it, right? Like, go for a walk, get your steps in, get some fresh air. Um, So um, at that point, I was in a little bit of a better place. Um, I was finding it easier to get up in the mornings um, and I was finding it easier to have thoughts that weren't completely negative. So I'd have, you know, maybe one positive thought a day, which was lovely. Um, So I didn't own, this is a very strange thing, but I didn't own any active wear or any clothes that weren't um, like shapewear or high heels or things that were very constrictive because I had a a uniform that I would force myself into before I could leave the house, which was usually at night. Um, And it kind of played into the whole embarrassment and shame thing of leaving the house. So I borrowed a pair of my mum's trainers and I put on a pair of tracksuit bottoms and a big hoodie and a big Hannah hat. Um, And I walked to my local park, um, which was uh, not very far at all. It was just down the end of the street to the left. And I remember feeling just like, this is such a strange experience and I'm really embarrassed and this is really hard and I don't want to do this. I don't want to be here. And looking back at that now, that's where it all began. The feeling of not wanting to do it, of not wanting to be there. That's what builds willpower. 
doing things that we don't want to do. So as human beings, we require discomfort as a stimulus for adaptation. This is true in running, in strength training, but it's also true in all aspects of our lives. So doing hard things makes us stronger. Now, I can wax lyrical and be all poetic about this for ages, and I probably will, but I thought I'd throw in a little bit about uh, what happens in your brain when you're building willpower, because this is something when I learnt, and especially throughout my journey, I have found if I know the facts about my body and how my body's changing and how my mind and brain are changing, I find it really motivating to understand the systems of my body, to know when I'm doing these things that are good for me and I'm changing, um, it's going to work, you know? So the neuroscience research on willpower makes clear that your anterior mid cingulate cortex or your AMCC, and if I've butchered that, I'm sorry, neuroscientists, I'm still learning about all of this along with all of you, is a key hub for leaning into undesired effort. Your AMCC is activated by engaging in behaviors that you don't want to do. Your brain quite literally gets bigger as you do things you don't want to do. So same with as you're learning, um, as you're changing, your brain it gets bigger in size. How cool is that? I think that's the most wonderful thing. When I learned this, I was like, that's mental. So that part of your brain, it gets bigger and it grows um, and you grow as a human when you do things that you don't want to do. So the way I look at it um, and the way I look at willpower and tenacity is no one who leads a successful or healthy life wants to do the things that they do all the time. So like I have days where I don't want to run or go to the gym or juggle my workload. Um, but through the process of doing things I don't want to do again and again and again, my brain has been wired to understand that when I do these things, I will be greatly rewarded in many ways later down the line. The difference between a successful and unsuccessful journey, as I have witnessed in clients and friends and peers and myself alike, is the people who understand they have to do things they don't want to do in order to build tenacity and the people who are hell-bent on remaining comfortable. I know this isn't easy to hear because I think everyone, and myself included, like I remember just wanting a magic wand and having someone say, right, this is exactly what you do and this is going to get you out of bed in the morning and to the gym and this is going to, you know, you're going to love every second of it and you're going to want to do it all the time. But it doesn't work like that. And I think if you can learn to slightly lean into the discomfort and find peace within that, in the hard work, you will be leading a much more fruitful life. So I hear you if you're saying, but what if I'm tired? What if I'm hurt? Of course, we must sensibly make decisions that allow for us to recoup, but creating energy through momentum of actions could actually be your answer. When we think of being wounded by our past, I argue that it could make us stronger and more capable, like a bone that's broken and calcified. So in uh, Japan, they have this beautiful process uh, that they do to broken pottery and again, I'm probably going to butcher this word, but it's called kintsugi. Um, it's also known as golden joinery. 
uh, or golden repair. And it's the Japanese art of repairing broken pottery by mending the areas of breakage with urishi lacquer, dusted or mixed with powdered gold, silver or platinum. Um, and it treats as breakage repair uh, as part of the history of an object rather than something to disguise. So you see these beautiful pieces of pottery that have been broken into hundreds of thousands of different pieces and they are glued together with gold or silver or platinum and through the object there's all these different veins um, like sparkling veins where all of the broken pieces have been put together and that's how I view human beings I think the more broken you are and the more things you go through and you heal through and you get stronger like a broken bone or like a piece of pottery it makes you more beautiful and more resilient. And I think if you can wear your scars proudly and build willpower to overcome the things that you've been through and decide that you want a certain life for yourself, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. And as you get older and you learn and perhaps you shed the ideas you had in your teens and 20s about human beings and what humans should look like and what humans should act like, when I meet people now or the people that are closest to me, you know, I see their trials and tribulations and scars and whatever they're carrying on their body or in their mind to be the most beautiful part of themselves. And, you know, if I think of like my close friends or the people I've made friends with recently, we've all been through things. And I hope, I hope, I hope that it just makes them stronger and it makes us able to carry our flags a little bit prouder and when you are in the process of changing your life or trying to be brave and go for that first walk or that first run or say that you know out loud actually I want more for my life because a lot of people they're scared to say that I think they're scared to say I want more like this isn't enough I'm not happy here and I've had so many moments where I've been I think one of the big ones was actually in, in Sainsbury's in West London in Chiswick. <laughs> I remember it very well. And I was walking through the aisles, just feeling so fed up of the food I was eating, of the people I was around. And I remember literally saying out loud to myself, there has to be more than this. There has to be more than this, than doing the same effing thing every single day. Like I want more, deserve more. And I think in the action of admitting that and putting that energy out into the universe, you can really action some change and holding on to that, like almost anger of like, I'm not going to settle for this. Like there is more, there has to be more. And admitting you're capable of it, even though you're terrified, is a beautiful thing. So you're probably listening and being like, okay, fabulous love this, love these theories, but like, where's the fun? Where's the fun in doing things I don't wanna do all the time? Like, I don't wanna live a life where I'm doing things I don't want to. And the way I would answer that question is with a story, <laughs> another story. Um, because I used to think like that too. Um, I really, really loved the easy life. Um, and I, you know, I really loved my convenience food and doom scrolling and shit TV and, you know, easy media or whatever you want to call it. Like, I really loved it. I loved everything being convenient. Um, 
the first time on my, I'm going to say all of this story is to do with my fitness journey. So hard things within my fitness journey. But the first time I really went up again that like up against that like I don't want to do this this is horrible feeling was I started running in the autumn um running (laughs) walking jogging uh running between trees whatever you want to call it and up until that point this this day that I'm talking of it was it was like a quite a warm autumn and dry too beautiful like really beautiful. I still, I remember so vividly that autumn 2020. Um, and this day the rain came. So it was the first time as a beginner runner that I had felt cold and there was rain. So my usual route, um, although beautiful with fallen golden leaves, usually very romantic was now gray and slippery and muddy and, not very appealing so I stood at the door like oh I don't want to I don't want to do this today how am I going to do this like I, I don't I don't want to open the door I don't want to do this and when you get to those moments it's a real fork in the road it's a real turning point for a lot of people because there are some people who will say all right not today fine I'll go back to bed or I'll go watch something on the tv or I'll go on my computer whatever you know I'll do it tomorrow when it's not raining but there is that percentage of magical human beings who say fuck it open the door and at that moment I turned into one of those people because there was something in me that understood that I had to make that decision that day. It had to happen then, it had to happen then. I couldn't do it tomorrow. So I opened the door, didn't have any of the gear to remain waterproof or warm, really. I think I had some thermals actually. And I did have gloves, yeah. Um, But it was chucking it down and it was so miserable and it was really cold. But halfway through that run, jog, walk, whatever you want to call it, I started to feel so alive and so human and in that moment I understood that had I stayed in bed where I wanted to I wouldn't have experienced that and I would not have added that coin of willpower to my bank which now I can cash out anytime I like almost like recalling memories of certain difficult runs that have turned into beautiful lessons or late night gym sessions that have taught me about the power I hold to build empires within and around myself So I was like in this park, in the pouring rain, listening to classical, just feeling like this is amazing. (laughs) And I know that sounds crazy, but I was like, I'd always avoided the difficult thing. And I'd always been like, I hate the rain because I was scared about, you know, back in the day, I I used to have to wear wigs because I'd lost my hair and I used to wear a lot of fake eyelashes and a lot of makeup. And I was very scared of the rain washing things away from me and revealing me. And, you know, it just wasn't something I was willing to go out in. Um, But as a child, I loved muddy puddles and, you know, dancing through the rain and getting all bruised up. And in that moment, I really felt connected to my younger self. But I also, I just felt like, holy shit. I've unlocked something here, like I'm experiencing something that I had never experienced before in my adult life, which was just this sheer joy. And also 
such presentness in that moment and had I not have opened the door I wouldn't I wouldn't have felt that and that's when I discovered what willpower was and why it was important to do things I didn't want to do around that kind of theory um, and something that if you were wanting to read more on um, these sort of theories or ideas uh, there's a word called temperance and I think I've spoken it I've spoken about it a little bit on uh, a couple of episodes um, where we've touched on stoicism but um, the beauty of temperance in my mind um, is it's all about loving sort of hard work and, and finding joy in hard things um, there's a lovely quote by Charles Kingsley uh, which is uh Forcing ourselves to work and being forced to do your best will breed in you temperance and self-control, diligence and self, uh, diligence and strength of will, cheerfulness and content, and a hundred virtues which the idle will never know. And I think that's a very wonderful way to look at it. And, you know, if I think, and sometimes I do often visualize, the version of myself walking alongside me if I had not done all of these hard things like who would she be and it spurs me on even more to know that the lessons I'm learning the virtues I'm collecting would never have belonged to her or me my past version of me had I not made myself work hard and that belongs to us all hard work it can um but I think people see this modern lifestyle of like hedonism and excess as being an easy life, um, like my old lifestyle. But I would say it wasn't easy. Like, sure, drinking and eating whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted seemed easy, but it wasn't. And what's actually easy is having the energy to go about my day and to do as I please when I please to. What's easy is having strong arms and legs that make everyday tasks a breeze. What's easy is leaving the house without a second thought. What's easy is the clarity of mind and calmness of nerves, the fresh hangover-free mornings. What's easy is going for a run whenever I choose to. That's easy. But for a truly easy life, you must do hard things. I hope that makes sense to you, that theory. <laughs> I hope that lands because it's something I've been thinking about for a while. And it's something that I'm really passionate about. And I hope that you can find a love for the hard work, knowing that later on down the line, you'll be rewarded tenfold for doing things you don't want to. And often... I think back to the girl who would stay up all night frantically googling how to lose weight, how to get fit and looking at all of these successful people in awe and thinking, God, they must be so special. They are so lucky. They, you know, they figured it out, but it's not luck. They just do things they don't want to do until they build the willpower to carry themselves through life. There is no difference between them and me, and there is no difference between you and I. I'm nothing special, and I mean that. I hope no one looks at me and gives me any power above their own. You hold the power, and you hold the keys, and you can do things you don't want to do until you really want to do them. 
it's kind of like fake it till you make it. Like I've spoken on that a little bit about my running journey, how I kind of just decided I would act like a long distance runner until I was, <laughs> which is Delulu. But I think there's something to really be said for that, you know, realizing that the humans you look up to are humans. They're the same as you. You hold the same power that they do. It's just about showing up time and time again until you make it work or you figure it out. And waiting for everything to be perfect and the conditions to be perfect before trying something is never the way to go about things. You know, there, there's never going to be a perfect moment where you decide like, today's the day I do it. Today's the day I have willpower. You know, it, it, it will never work like that. It's got to just be a random Tuesday afternoon and you're like, you know what, I've had enough. I'm actually going to do something new and I'm going to try and I'm going to do things I don't want to do. Um, and like, I'm in my 30s now and I can happily say that after the adventures that I've been on over the last three years, I welcome hard things gleefully. A chance to create and experience even more in my life. Bring it on. And... I think you see that a lot with people when they start to unlock this idea of self-improvement and they realize that everyone's capable of it and it doesn't just belong to like this exclusive group of people. You see them kind of set tentatively like these little goals and then they reach them and they're like, oh my God, <laughs> okay. Tentatively put the next one up, they reach it. Oh my God, okay, I can do that. Tentatively put the next one, reach it. And then they're like, actually, shit, maybe I could run 5k, maybe I could run a half marathon. And I, you know, always bringing it back to running, but I find the metaphor to be so useful in these, um, during these conversations I have with myself. <laughs> but um, I think as well, if you're looking at sort of like anything, career, fitness, relationships, anything, it's all just down to realizing that the world that we live in now I think brings us away from our true nature and from our true magic of people, which is humans are on this earth to sort of create, right? We're all creators. And whether that be in the literal sense of like, you're an artist and you paint and you make, you know, wonderful paintings or you're a poet and you write or you're a storyteller and you write books and you create in that way or you're the creators of community, uh, you're the creators of change, but you're also the creator of yourself and loads of people forget that. I think people go on autopilot and they walk through their little worlds or they walk through the aisles of the supermarket not really being sentient and kind of numbing into this like, you know, world that we've created of convenience and comfort. And of course, convenience and comfort is less it's amazing that we live in such a privileged uh world where we have that it's amazing but should you want to create something different for yourself it is okay to admit you want that but knowing you're gonna have to do things you don't want to in order to get there is very important as well and so many people, when you listen to interviews of successful athletes or entrepreneurs or anyone will tell you, it's, <laughs> it sucked. <laughs> like, there was a very interesting interview with David Goggins, I know, I go on about him, but um, he was explaining how he's uh, 
he he has learning difficulties and he finds it very hard to learn uh, and read and he doesn't like running <laughs> and those are the two things that he does every single day he runs and he reads and he learns and he doesn't like it but he does it because he finds himself within that and he finds sort of his gems and his power within that within those actions and yeah, he's a very interesting guy. I mean, there are so there are so many people you can listen to interviews with um, that are successful that will tell you it kind of sucks. It kind of sucked. And then, but when you have those moments of clarity, when you're standing at the top of the mountain and looking at the view and the climb up was awful, you know, fell over a few times, you've got bruised up knees and it doesn't feel very good and you're very tired. But that view, man, like it's so beautiful and it's so wonderful to know that you got yourself there, you know, because I can't come through <laughs> your earphones and, you know, materialize in your bedroom and hold on to your legs and make you go for a walk or make you journal or make you, you know, listen to this every week and make space for change and all of those things like no one else can do it for you. You have to be the one to do it. and. That's the most beautiful thing is that solidarity with yourself and that friendship you create with yourself through those actions as well. Like I I was just thinking this this morning, like I'm just so happy, like in my own company, like I, you know, I, I run alone and I train alone and all that stuff. Like I, I know that running groups are amazing for a lot of people. I, I'm not keen on crowds, so I just like prefer to be on my own but like I'll be laughing to myself I'll be having a little concert with myself and I just think it's really lovely to have that relationship of trust um, and to have built that trust with oneself is is really lovely as well so even though these topics feel massive and broad and I think for a lot of people slightly inaccessible because fitness can feel very inaccessible and that's coming from me who's someone who always thought fitness didn't belong to me or I didn't belong in fitness um but I'm telling you it it does it can be for all of us and this can be applied to like all aspects of life it, it doesn't just have to be running it's whatever hobby or dream that you have um this willpower and building willpower it can be applied to that and I hope that you can see that when you're applying all of this pressure, it's for a reason. And there have been many, many months and many, many plateaus, both in, in my mental health journey, weight loss, fitness, business. I mean, there's been horrible days and months where I've been like, oh, this isn't gonna work. Like, I, I can't do this anymore. Um, but it's in the suck and those horrible days and months where like when I was going for that run and it was stormy um, and horrible and cold and I was faced with that feeling for the first time of wanting to turn around. Um, you can choose to keep going and it's the people that keep going that will see the rewards. Um, so <laughs> I hope those theories are gearing you up for a really powerful year. Uh, I think we can make 2024 the year that you do things you know will level you up and do the things that you don't want to do because you're capable of them, I promise. So I will end this with a poem. 
as always. this is a very special poem and it's one that I've been saving for the beginning of season two because it's a very powerful one and I thought it would be lovely uh, to share on the first episode back and it's by Robert Frost. It was written in 1916 and it's called The Road Not Taken. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood and sorry I could not travel both. And be one traveller, long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could, to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other, and just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that the passing there had worn them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay in the leaves, no step had trodden black, Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less travelled by, and that has made all the difference. So I will leave it there. I have so many topics to go through this season um but what I would love the most is if you could please dm me any ideas or anything you'd want me to cover in these episodes um I am gonna have a few guests I definitely have taken the feedback that you guys prefer it just me um I know there's a couple of I've thought about having a couple of fitness people on, um, but I I just want to make sure that the people who I bring on are right for this audience. And I think a lot of you just really like the calmness and stillness of this conversation we have with each other each week. And I never want to change that or dilute it because I know Monday mornings are a nice space for you all. So I promise this season's going to be fruitful. I just wanted to begin with a little bit of a kind of, you know, powerful one, a snappy one, and then we can delve right into a few more topics. Um, I'm going to be kind of taking a little bit more of a toolkit approach. So um, we've done a lot of storytelling and a lot of feelings, and there'll always be feelings because it's me. So we're always going to be feeling our feelings. But, uh, you know, I wanted to actually start you know giving maybe a little bit more coach advice and and really helping you out in that way too so let me know on instagram let me know what you thought about uh my theories on building willpower um and let me know if there's anything that you're gonna do that you don't want to do dm me the thing that you're gonna do (laughs) that you definitely don't want to i can't wait to hear them um so thank you for listening i'm so happy to be back And yeah, until next week, love you all.